Disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist, counselor, or professional broadcaster. The following are stories from my life and personal experiences and are the property of me. There will be profanity, quite a fucking bit of it, so please keep that in mind along with adult themes and topics. Listener discretion is advised. I've always wanted to say that. Hi and welcome to episode 22 of Here She Comes, Confessions of a Retired Vibrator Seller. I'm your host with the most vibrators, Jasmine Aziz. <laughs> On the last episode, I was doing another party in Scarborough for 28 very loud and rowdy Greek women. I had passed out the menu cards, tried to show them some products, and just kept losing the room to screams, bottles of wine, breakout conversations, and I couldn't stop anything. My flow was off. My command of the room was next to Nildo, and I hadn't even gotten to the dildos. <laughs> okay, that's enough lame jokes. Let's get back to the story. As I stood in front of the Greek women, trying again to get their attention, I wondered what Lammy would say when I got home. It was almost 9.30 at night, and I wasn't even close to being done. I should have listened to my gut and not asked the question about the key to giving oral sex to a man. Their side conversations were disrupting my flow, and I knew there was little chance I'd get the room back. I had grown so impatient that instead of trying to fight for their attention, I simply stopped talking until they were focused back on me. When they finally got quiet, wondering why I wasn't talking, I started up again. I muddled through oils and lubricants. It took almost 40 minutes. They hardly paid attention. I offered them a 10-minute break, and they scattered into various corners of the house, some of them eating, others lining up to use the washrooms. You're okay, Jasmine, Gilly said gently. She had knitted at least half a scarf in the time it took me to get from the lingerie to the break. Had that much time passed? I looked at my watch. 10.15 p.m. I was exhausted. I sighed and sat down for the first time ever during a presentation. Why won't they listen? I asked her. They are listening. It's just our way, the quiet auburn-haired woman said. Your culture is like that too, isn't it? You're Indian, right? I was surprised she guessed so accurately. Most people guessed Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, or Lebanese before they said Indian. Yeah, I guess, I offered. What does your mother think of you selling these dildos? Gilly asked, her eyes still focused on the scarf in her hands. She's great. She sports me no matter what. It's my boyfriend she hates. Is he Greek? Just kidding, the other quiet one said. What's so bad about Greek men? I asked. Nothing, the three of them responded in unison. We're just playing with you, Jasmine, Gilly said. She looked up from her knitting and smiled at me. 
You'd be lucky to get yourself a nice Greek boy. Want me to set you up? Leave that schlep you are dating. I have a nephew that would be perfect for you. He's really kinky, too. Oh, uh, I'm older than I look, but thanks, no. Think twice about her nephew, Jasmine, the quiet girl next to Gilly said. I've seen him. We nicknamed him Adonis. You can do your laundry on his abs if you know what I mean. I think I do, I said and smiled. I felt guilty for even thinking twice about Gilly's offer. Our Greek men might be hot-headed, hairy as hell, and smell like garlic all the time. But to us, they are kings. At least, that's what we make them think. Hey, hey. Gilly extended her knitting needle to tickle the inside of the palm of one of the quiet girl's hands. We should probably start up again, but how am I going to get them to come back into the room? Command them, Gilly said and picked up her knitting needles. Own the room, Jasmine. They are all yours. I clapped my hands to try to get their attention, but it didn't work. I tried to whistle, but it sounded like a faint hoot through crackers in my lips. I banged my hand against the window frame, but nothing seemed to work. Get back in here right now, I screamed, or I will not show you the king. What are you talking about, Jasmine? The tallest one asked. I'm talking about the king, the king of all toys. I won't show you the king if you bitches don't shut the fuck up and listen to me once and for all. I mean it. I looked over at Gilly. Her smile was as wide as the scarf in her lap. Go ahead and show us the king, someone screamed. I want it already. You have to listen to me or I won't show it to you. I promise. I'll leave here tonight and you won't see him and he's beautiful. You'll want to name your kids after him. He's so gorgeous. But you have to listen, understand? They assembled back in their seats and quietly passed bottles and wine around the room. I managed to get through almost all of the toys with little to no interruption. I began to worry that my light-up toy wasn't going to live up to the hype I had created and that they were going to angrily storm me after I presented it and throw me out into the streets. By the time it came to show the last toy, I asked the tall Greek woman at the back to dim the lights and slowly pulled it out of its bag. I introduced this toy as my fiancé. Sure, he doesn't buy me flowers, but he's a very good listener. I mimicked, whispering in the ear of the head of the toy. And the best part? He lights up every time I enter the room. I flicked the switch on the toy and it dazzled in brightness from purple to blue to pink to yellow. They clapped all at once. Even Gilly put down her knitting needles to show her appreciation. This toy, ladies, is the king of all toys. If you want to treat yourself to something special, there is only one royal member you should go home with tonight. By the time I had finished the presentation, I could feel that I finally had their respect. I could also feel the fabric under my armpits soaked in wetness. As I said my thank you to the hostess and bowed in appreciation of their attention, they collectively whooped and hollered, Jasmine! Repeatedly, like it was the name of a winning football team. Jasmine! 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 I fought back the urge to burst into tears. In that split second, my fatigue came crashing to the surface. It was past midnight and officially the longest presentation I had ever given. The sales took another two hours as one by one they entered the sales room demanding their very own king. The tall Greek lady heaved as she sat down on the tiny folding chair in Pina's spare bedroom. That was a hell of a night, Jasmine. 
My name is Poppy. You, my friend, are a natural. You are shit funny and I love you. That's not the alcohol talking. That's me, Poppy. She swatted me heavily on the shoulders for emphasis. Thanks, Poppy, I said and smiled. Sorry about all the ribbing you got tonight. We are some loud bitches when we get together. Hey, hey, but you did good. I want to buy all the stuff. Here, she said, handing me a crumpled piece of paper with numbers scribbled on it. I didn't think you were even paying attention, I blurted out. You know I was, you sly bitch. I learned a shit ton from you tonight. Mr. Papadopoulos is going to be shouting out your name in thanks tonight. Is that your name? Oh, I need to spell it for you, don't I? She handed me her credit card and pointed to the inscription on the bottom. Only I would marry a Papadopoulos. Poppy Papadopoulos. Leave it to me. I filled her bag and noticed that there was barely anything left. Gilly waddled up the stairs wearing the scarf she had completed during the presentation. Here, darling, she said, passing me someone else's order form. I want the same thing she got, but add two of these and three of these. Three? I won't be pregnant forever, she said and winked. It was 3.30 a.m. when Pina finally came into the sales room. I looked at my cell phone to see if there was a text from Lammy. There was nothing. All night. Not one message. One phone call. No voicemail. Did he care if I was dead? Was he dead? I turned my phone off and took out a brand new sales book for Pina. I hardly saw you tonight, I said as my hostess sighed heavily, taking what may have been her first break of the night. I was in the kitchen. These heifers eat their body weight in pita, she said and smiled. What do you want to eat? You have to eat something. I mean it. I'll make you a plate of food, okay? Just wait here. No, honest, Pina, I never, ever eat at these parties. This is my 163rd party, and not once have I eaten something at the hostess's house. I won't eat when I'm working. Then after, you take it for your lamby to eat. I think I even have some lamb. Is that gross? Would he be offended? He sounds a bit like an ass, though, darling. I'm sorry to say that. Still, I'll give you a plate, and you take it home, okay? No, really, I swear, I can't. Let's just do this now, and it's almost 4 a.m. You must be so tired. Oh, I'm not, darling. You must be, though. Are you sure you won't eat? I shook my head and pointed back to the sales book. She handed me her order, which looked like the same combination of what so many of the other women had purchased. I took the last bits of stock out of my bags, noticing it was the first time in all my presentations that I was left with no product to sell at all. My bags, including my hockey bag for my display items, were virtually empty. I tallied up the sales and gave two oversized bags of free product to Pina and threw in some personal gift items I had purchased out of my own pocket to thank her for the evening. Look at this number, I said, showing her the final sales tally. It's almost $3,000 in one night. I'm sorry. I had four people cancel on me or you would have hit that number. I hate it when they say they're coming and they don't. I couldn't imagine having even one more person in her tiny living room, let alone four. Your friends are all very nice. They talk a lot, but they are very nice. I really enjoyed tonight. Really, darling? I thought these bitches were driving you crazy. You handled it well, though. There are still ten of them here passed out on the sofas, drunken whores. But I knew this would happen. Why are they so down on Greek men? 
They were joking, right? Well, what do you think of Indian men? I suspect it's the same thing. We love them, but we hate them because they're so familiar. But a good Greek man is a man you can count on for anything. He will rebuild your home, give you his last dollar, make you feel like a queen when no one is looking, of course. I don't really date Indian men. I mean, I haven't really had much success at that, but I think I know what you mean. And your lammy. How is that going, darling? Sorry about what I said earlier, but he sounds a bit... Mm, 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 selfish? I paused before answering Pina. Her chocolate brown eyes were so warm and gooey with love. I could see how much she cared about me without even knowing me at all. She looked genuinely concerned. I think he's just having some issues making peace with my culture, you know? He didn't really grow up with family, so he doesn't understand what it means to be in a family. Pina didn't speak. She adjusted her apron before drawing in a deep breath and locking eyes with me. Darling, let me tell you how I met my Carino. I was 18, so young, so stupid. I didn't know from love. I didn't know from life. What the hell do you know at 18? I nodded, thinking back to the younger version of me that wanted so badly to believe everything the promise told me was my future when I was in India. Well, let me tell you, my father took me aside when Carino started courting me. He said to me, Pee-pee, he called me that out of affection. He said, Pee-pee, you're not going to find a man who stand by like this man. You marry him. He will carry you when you fall. I had no idea what he meant. I thought I was in love with this French boy named Pierre. I'll spare you the long story. We got married. I had three beautiful kids with him. Beautiful. You should see them. Handsome boys they are. But I'm biased, of course. Anyway... When my third son was born, my father got sick. He was so sick, Jasmine. It broke my heart. Then he died. I fell apart. I couldn't do anything. This whole place would have caved in were it not for Carino. He took care of the kids. He cooked. He cleaned. He bought groceries for my mother. He made me soup. He held me while I cried. He did what my father said. He picked me up when I fell down. I didn't know you could fall in love with someone when your heart is cut right open. But I did. I fell so hard for him. More than when we married. He is such a good man, Jasmine. I always thought he was lucky to have me. But I, I am the lucky one. I am the luckiest. Pina lifted her apron up to her face and wiped the tears that were quietly streaming down her face. I felt tears sting the back of my eyes. Not just from her story, but from the realization that it was unlikely Lammy would do the same for me. I heard a loud clatter of voices from the lower level. Pina placed her hand over her heart and then straightened her hair. She lightly pinched her cheeks and tightened the string on her apron. Her entire face lit up and she said, Cardiamu, my love is back! She ran down the stairs. I stood at the top of her landing and watched her wrap herself around her husband like he had just come back from war and it was the first time they'd seen each other in years. He tenderly moved his stray hair from her forehead and kissed her on the hand. I suddenly felt like I was intruding on their privacy. I went back into the sales room and threw the four empty duffel bags into my almost empty hockey bag. Karina saw me coming down the stairs and bolted to pick up the bags from my hands. Despite my insistence that I could handle them on my own, he took my bags, lingerie basket, and briefcase out to the car for me. In the rising morning light, he looked tired, his face unshaven, his thick black eyebrows furrowed as he concentrated on placing each bag carefully by my car. I gave him the keys and he loaded everything neatly in the trunk for me. 
Despite the late hour, he didn't look annoyed. I had no idea where he came from or where he had been all night. They're talking about you, Jasmine. These women, they won't stop talking about you. They won't stop talking, period, I said, and we both smiled. But they are so warm, they're all so lovely. Greek men are the luckiest men in the world. But I bet your man is the luckiest too. From what they are telling me, you are a real firecracker. And a funny one too, Carino said. I fought back tears that I credited to fatigue. I walked back into the house where Pina stood with open arms. I melted into her motherly embrace. As I pulled away, she stuffed a tortilla chip in my mouth. There, now I'm happy you ate something. It was the first and only time I would ever eat something at a hostess's home. I drove down the quiet side streets as the sun started to come up. Traffic had already started as commuters were making their way into the city. By the time I crawled into bed, it was 5 a.m. Lammy barely opened one eye as I slid under the covers. Hadn't he been worried about where I was? Had he slept the entire night without giving me a single thought? I stared at him as he slept. What would he have done for me when my father died? It was the most intensely difficult time of my life, and I couldn't picture him being even remotely supportive of me during any of the hundreds and hundreds of down days I went through. Would he expect me to be supportive of him if something were to happen to his grandmother, the only person in his family that he was close to? Would I grow to resent him for not showing me the same amount of love that I would unquestionably show him? He stirred, his eyes lightly opening and closing. I turned my back to him and closed my eyes. There was no chance sleep would find me. I contemplated getting up and starting breakfast early, but didn't want to risk waking up Lammy and setting off his mood. Instead, I pictured Poppy showing her husband everything she had bought at the party and telling him he had me to thank for the great night, morning, actually, of sex he had ahead of him. At least that night, my name would be on one man's lips. If not Lammy's, then at least Mr. Papadopoulos's. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up. Thanks for listening. The party I did for the Greek ladies was a defining moment in my sales history and my personal history. I think of those women a lot. Thank you for joining me and sharing it with you. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as YouTube. Until next time, remember that the best part of life is love. So be sure to open your heart to it because... Here she comes. You shiver you up. I'm just a popcorn dreaming, gonna redden back a buddy you up. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quit.